Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. This is a bit of a weird thing, but I've been very much in a place of disentangling self. Disentangling my identity, persona, what I've been, what I think I am, who I think I am. Um, and the details of my self leading up to this point. A lot of it feels like a collapse, not in a negative way, not in like a depression kind of way. Though that there's a heaviness to it for sure, but it's not, I don't, it doesn't feel negative. It just feels like a consolidation of everything I've been up to this point to figure out how to re-expand into the future and what my future self is. Future selves, in a way. And it might sound a little schizophrenic, and I say that sort of <clears throat> in a loose, jokey way. But there's this feeling that I'm not just one person. And I think if you really search within yourself, you're not just one identity, though for a long time we believe that. One thing, one personality type, <clears throat> one aspect of a system, one one piece of something or a nationality or uh, a look or a gender or a sexuality or uh, a type of attraction or a type of intelligence or whatever. That That there are multiple facets in that sense, but there are also multiple modes that we get into around different people or in different circumstances or when we need to accomplish something or not accomplish something. It's kind of like vacation mode versus work mode or building mode versus deconstructing mode. <laughs> There's all sorts of different versions of ourselves that sort of circle around a core being, a core sense of self. But in a way, that sense of self is really hard to actually get to. It involves a lot of stripping away, a lot of stripping away of what I feel like I've been up to this point. In my studio space, which I'm giving up this month, uh, I have to be out by the end of the month, but uh, it, it's for good reason. It was kind of getting distracting and, and it wasn't um, cost effective for me. But I have this wall that I call my relics and conspiracies wall. And it's a place where I have all of these like notebook stuff, like just notes that I've written from projects that I've tried to start, little drawings and sketchings while I was in like a meeting or in uh, some sort of a, like a training or something. I've had like little notes from little maps and models that I've tried to figure out over time. And just like breaking apart all of these old notebooks that are just that have just been lying around, and in a way, I've been doing that with my podcast that I've done over the last five years. This podcast, uh, by re-uploading everything one by one up to uh, its own podcast feed on YouTube, it's Happy Chemicals Podcast, uh, and 
looking at the trajectory, looking at my whole history, looking at my <clears throat> relationship to relationships, to my chemicals, to balancing everything, to things like subtypes that I've been talking about lately, and <clears throat> finding new direction, finding focus, more of a laser beam, more of a kamehameha versus like a destructive explosion of energy that I've done in the past and, and therefore crashed as a result with being ambitious. And I think there is a difference between having ambition and being ambitious. Uh, I, I think having ambition in terms of something specific to do, to go towards, to accomplish, to get done, it's very different than being perpetually ambitious. Um, and, and being ambitious is just like a person that is constantly striving for some sort of fulfillment. Whereas having ambition is, well, I'm, I'm probably mixing the two up actually. So I'm going to drop the metaphor, but the idea is that I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards, or drop the distinction rather. I feel like I'm moving towards like a focus versus a sort of aimless striving, like uh, approving myself. I think that's part of my history is trying to build something to prove something versus trying to build something because I, I simply need the money. Or it's the way that I operate and it would be more sustainable for me to have a diversified income or to work in this way versus this way or to know what gives me life versus what takes my life, uh, life force in a way. So it's a, it's this balancing act. It's, it's wading through the brush of, of all the stuff in my personal attic and just clearing all of the clutter you know, letting go. There's a lot of letting go relative to my past and who I am and who I think I've been. And it doesn't mean me as a person will change, but it's like defining for myself what comes next. Defining for myself what the future of making money, what projects I get involved in, how I engage as a, a dad, an adult, a person... Uh, going forth intentionally, eating better food, uh, actually implementing the practices that I've been learning over the last few years, and taking better care of myself and stuff like that. It's one thing to say it, but I really feel like I know the steps to get there now, and some things I want to try. Inflammation has been a big problem physically, and so I'm I'm I have I have clarity on solutions to to solve that, and. Um, I'm eager to, to, to get on that path. It's not like a quick fix. Nothing is ever a quick fix anymore. And I think that's some of the change too, is nothing is a quick fix. It's, you know, chop wood, carry water. It's, you know, wake up and live your life and do a couple things and breathe and shower and eat food and be with my wife and go outside and exercise and, take care of my kids and check on their well-being and check in with my family. And, you know, it's all part of the pie as opposed to 
being so hyper fixated on one specific ambition of trying to make everything happen right now. There's this big shift in me lately thinking about doing the dishes. Something that Alan Watts actually said is that we do, we're doing the dishes and it's overwhelming because you're thinking about all the dishes you've ever done and thinking about all the dishes you will ever do <laughs> instead of the only thing you really ever have to do is the dish that you're cleaning right now. That's all it ever is. That's perpetually this dish. That's it. This dish. And that's a shift that is feeling like it's starting to click in. That to manage overwhelm, to manage burnout, to manage the past failings, frankly, of my ambition, that it is about cleaning this dish, doing this thing, being here now, as cliche as that can sound. It's a way to create new karma. Karma being the accumulation of your life's experiences and the result of it, not some sort of punishment on high or punishment from some external source or this trading of good and bad. Uh, there is no good or bad in me. It's sort of a mishmash complex. I am both God and the devil. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is it is a lot to, to, to manage and embrace, but also it, it's sort of a neutralizing, you know, the core of balance, the core of yin and yang, the core of creativity and organization, chaos and control, is that they balance each other out. They neutralize each other and enhance each other at the same time. It's like infinity is also zero. Zero is also infinity. And everything is nothing. Nothing is everything. Actually, there's no such thing as nothing. Uh, funny enough. Fun, nothing is, is a relative term. Uh, you know, think about the Big Bang. Something came out of nothing. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and in a way, like, describing this sort of collapsing in on myself is like this great pressure that I'm feeling as the weight of the accumulation of my life's experience. And it's squeezing, it's, it's heating up, and then, and then, big bang, <laughs> you know, big explosion, you know. And, and it's really, for me, I've been thinking a lot about cycles, right? It, it, it's about that balance of cycles, the control and chaos, the yin and yang creativity and organization. It is the letting go and the grabbing on. It's the tension and the release. It's the doing the dish and then putting it in the rack and then grabbing another dish, doing the dish and putting it in the rack. Uh, it, it's it's the flow, it's the breathing in and out. Breathing is the same idea. We breathe and then we let go. We breathe and then we let go. And we do that all our lives. Our heart's beating and it's just happening. It's beating, it's going. And it's pump, pump, 
pump, which is a short version of in release, in release, in release, right? It's just, it's just a core notion of the universe, this tension and release. And so it's important for me to have an integration of that in my daily life. It's one thing to sit and meditate, which is, I think is an important practice for anyone to, to do, to learn how to make everything stop. But at some point it becomes like, okay, I don't want to just stop everything to meditate. It's, I want to take meditation with me. Life practices are a practice for the game, the life game. Like it's all a game we're all a part of and participating in. And you practice to, to participate in the game. And so I think I'm just saying that I feel more prepared for the game. And to know what game I'm playing. <laughs> you know, the game of my life. The game of my persona. But you are able to play the game in a much more clear and frankly, interesting way, when you can play multiple positions. I mean, some of the most lauded uh, and celebrated athletes are those that are doing multiple sports and doing it well. And survival is about adaptability. Survival's not... When, when you say survival of the fittest, it's survival of the most adaptable. And adaptability, I think, is being able to be more than just a slim and specific definition of myself. That I know that I am riding this 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 meat sack of a human being. <laughs> Please don't quote that. Um, but I, I am like this 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 soul being you know, moving this body making it work and trying to move my limbs and trying to figure out the, the chemical makeup to make it a function, you know, optimally and how to say things and share things and collect things and organize things and manage things so that it's not an awful experience. I'm just here trying to make it all work. But if I expand my capabilities, I expand my possibilities, I bring my practices out into the game and I start to perform and start to be a person of life, to start to show up, to start to make things, I wouldn't say make things happen, but to participate in making things happen, to moving energy, to contribution, to creation, I think is, is a... That's a beautiful thing. I, I think that's what all of this culminates to up to this point. You know, you can think of it as like a squeezing of the diamond pressure thing, or it's it's sort of a culmination. I imagine it in my mind that there's all these layers of stuff I've done all my life, and it's sort of mm, culminating into this point of where I am right now. And so to go forward, I can't carry all of that baggage with me. There's a lot of things I need to let go. 
A lot of failings I need to let go of. Learn from them, but try not to cling to them. And take with me into the future what I know will work, what I know I can do, what I know I'm limited by in terms of my focus or chemicals or dyslexia or whatever. And play the game how I know to play the game. I love baseball because not every batter has the same stance in the batter's box. They have their own way of seeing the ball and holding the bat and making themselves comfortable and relaxing so that they can release power when it's time to swing. They maybe borrow from each other, but everyone's different, like a fingerprint. And that's so interesting to me. And to me, I, I imagine myself being a batter, showing up, and having a couple of different stances. Like, okay, there's a man on first and second. I need to hit the ball in this place. So I'm going to use this stance to prepare for hitting the ball in this direction. And that kind of versatility is really all I'm talking about. To put it all together and make it all happen. So I don't know where I started from with this podcast. Honestly, I kind of blacked out a little bit, but, <laughs> um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, my name is Christian Rivera. This has been happy chemicals. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash happy chemicals, or you can be a subscriber on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash happy chemicals. Um, and you can check out my book, bit.ly slash happy chemicals book. It's also available on Amazon. So if you search for Christian Rivera, happy chemicals on Amazon, you can find the ebook there. It is a book about this journey. It's about a little bit of comedy, a little bit of tragedy. Uh, it's exploring my chemicals, sex addiction, um, figuring myself out, my relationship to women growing up, uh, and some weird imagination stuff, exploring the different parts of myself. And it's just a weird book. I don't know. It's a memoir. It's called a neurotic memoir because it's just, it's weird. And so if you've liked this podcast, you'll probably like the book. If you like my voice, you like the, the way that I speak, you'll probably like the book. So Happy Chemicals, a neurotic memoir. Search for that on Amazon and you can go check that out. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time on Happy Chemicals. See ya. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. I've got kids, and that means it's always about them. 
But I need support too. That's where Ollie comes in with their delightful, hardworking gummies. My partner and I can actually get a good night's sleep, so we'll both stand a chance of managing our stress responses. Even when the kids are doing parkour in the living room, discover Ollie vitamins and supplements. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 